So for the last two days, we have been talking about the glories of Nityananda Prabhu, because yesterday was his appearance anniversary. According to Vedic scriptures, uh, the original personality of Godhead is Krishna, and his first expansion is Balaram. Sri Brahma Sanghita gives the example that from one candle you can light a second, from the second you can light a third, from the third you can light a fourth, and so on. But they all have the same candle power. They're equal, but still one is the original. So the original personality of Godhead is Krishna. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. And the first expansion is Balaram and from him all of the other expansions proceed. Now just as Krishna expands as Balaram on the side of Vishnu Tattva, or the all-powerful, he also expands on the other side as Shakti Tattva, as the energy. Um, there's Shakti, which is the energy, and Shakti Man, which is the proprietor of the energy, the possessor of the energy, or the controller of the energy. So on the side of the expansions of the energy, the first expansion is Srimati Radharani. And from her, the other expansions follow. Uh, the, in, in Vrindavan, the other gopis, in Dwarka, the queens, and in Ayodhya, Sita, and in Vaikuntha, Lakshmi. So on the side of the energetic, Balaram is the first expansion and all the others expand from him. And on the side of the energy, Shimati Radharani is the first expansion and all the others expand from her. And although it is the nature of the energy to serve the energetic, um, but because Krishna is the origin of both Vishnu Tattva and Shakti Tattva, they all take pleasure in serving Krishna, even the Vishnu Tattvas. And if we go further in Shakti Tattvas, um, we find that there 
Of course, Krishna has unlimited energies. Parasya Shakti, Vivadaya Shuyate. Um, anyway, that's another point. But they're in three broad categories the spiritual energy, which is uh, personified as Srimati Radharani, the material energy, which is personified as Durga. And the marginal energy, which are the living entities, which are us, in other words. We're considered marginal because sometimes we come under the material energy and sometimes we come under the spiritual energy. So we are marginal, tatasta shakti. Srila uh, Prabhupada gives the example of the seashore. Sometimes when the tide is low, that sand is part of the shore. And sometimes when the tide is high, that is part of the ocean. So like that, sometimes, you know, we're part of the spiritual energy, if you will, and, or, and sometimes the material energy. So now, there's a difference for us between being under the control of the material energy and under the control of the spiritual energy. Because when we're under the spiritual energy, our life is eternal, full of knowledge and full of bliss, Satchitananda. And when we're under the material energy, our life is temporary, uh, our existence in the body is temporary, it is full of ignorance and full of misery. It's the opposite, asit, achit, and nirahananda. So our goal should be to transfer ourselves from the control of the material energy to the control of the spiritual energy. And how we do that is explained in the Bhagavad Gita. So I will read one verse and purport, if I can get a copy. We'll begin with the um, invocation for auspiciousness. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya We'll start with the Sanskrit. Mahatmanas to Partha Daivi Prakritim Ashrita. Mahatma means great soul. 
Maha means great and Atma means soul. Daivi means divine, Prakriti means energy, Ashrita, they've taken shelter of the divine energy. Since the book has arrived, we'll... Mahatmanas Tumam Partha Daivim Prakriti Mashrita Ajantyananya Manaso Gyatva Bhutadim Avyaya Mahatmana means the great souls to, but, mam, unto me, Partha, O son of Pritha, Arjuna, Daivim, divine, Prakritim, nature, Ashritaha, having taken shelter of, Bhajanti, render service, Ananya Manasa, without deviation of the mind, without deviation of the mind, Gyatva, knowing, Bhuta, of creation, Adim, the origin, of Yayam, original. O son of Pritha, those who are not deluded, the great souls, are under the protection of the divine nature. They are fully engaged in devotional service because they know me as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, original and inexhaustible. Report. In this verse, the description of the Mahatma is clearly given. The first sign of the Mahatma is that he is already situated in the divine nature. He is not under the control of material nature. And how is this effected? That is explained in the seventh chapter. One who surrenders unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, at once becomes freed from the control of material nature. That is the qualification. Um, Devi Hyesagunamai Mamamaya Durakaya. That the material nature, which consists of the three modes, is very difficult to overcome. Mam eviye prapadyante mayam etam tarantite. The one who surrenders to Krishna can easily cross over maya. So that is the way. So as Srila Prabhupada says here, and how is this effected? That is explained in the seventh chapter. One who surrenders unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, at once becomes freed from the control of material nature. That is the qualification. One can become free from the control of material nature as soon as he surrenders his soul to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is the preliminary formula. Being marginal potency, as soon as the living entity is freed from the control of material nature, he is put under the guidance of the spiritual nature. The guidance of the spiritual nature is called Daivi Prakriti, divine nature. 
So when one is promoted in that way, by surrendering to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one attains the stage of great soul, Mahatma. The Mahatma does, does not divert his attention to anything outside Krishna, because he knows perfectly well that Krishna is the original Supreme Person, the cause of all causes. Now what does it mean he doesn't divert his mind to anything outside Krishna? Because he knows Krishna is the origin of all, the cause of all causes. Does it mean that when he crosses the street he doesn't look to see if there are any cars coming? Because his, his mind is fixed on Krishna? No, what it means is that because he knows that Krishna is the origin of everything and the cause of all causes, everything he sees is seen in relation to Krishna because everything comes from Krishna. And therefore he doesn't see anything as separate from Krishna. And the Bhagavatam says that fear comes from thinking of something as being separate from Krishna. But the, the devotee sees that nothing is apart from Krishna because everything has come from Krishna. And therefore, whatever the devotee sees, he sees Krishna because he sees it as Krishna's energy. Srila Prabhupada gives the example that a a viewer will go to an art museum and see a painting and immediately say, oh, that's a Picasso. Because the, the, the painting was done by Picasso, so immediately the person thinks of Picasso or Rembrandt or whoever. So a devotee sees everything as the artwork of Krishna, as the handiwork of Krishna. So whatever he sees, or she sees, oh, there's Krishna, there's Krishna at work. And Krishna gives many examples in the Bhagavad Gita, like rasoham apsukonteya, I am the taste of water. Because water is the energy of Krishna. So when we drink water, when we feel refreshed, when we taste water, we think of Krishna. This is Krishna's energy. Krishna has provided this water for us to drink. So, in the same way, Rasohamapsakonteya, uh, Sachisuryaya, that he says, I am the light of the sun and the moon. So every day we see the sun, we see the moon. So a devotee will see that that is Krishna, that's Krishna's energy. And therefore see Krishna. Um, or another example that Srila Prabhupada gave is that, you know, the, the mother or the father will feel great affection for the child. 
So when the child is away from home, the parents will look in the child's room and see his his um, shoes or his hat and think of the child because it, they belong to the child. So the devotee sees that everything belongs to Krishna and therefore everything reminds the devotee of Krishna. So when Krishna says here um, you know bhajanti avyayam that they see him as the origin of creation and Srila Prabhupada says that the Mahatma does not divert his attention to anything outside Krishna because he knows perfectly well that Krishna is the original supreme person the cause of all causes yes purely spiritually he focuses his mind on Krishna but even in the world he also focuses his mind on Krishna by seeing everything as Krishna's energy such a Mahatma or great soul develops through association with other Mahatmas pure devotees so okay we've heard that that to become free from the control of the material energy one must surrender to Krishna but practically how do we surrender to Krishna we surrender to someone who has surrendered to Krishna that is the Mahatma and as soon as we surrender to Krishna we become free from the control of the material energy and we're placed under the control of the spiritual energy but again the Mahatmas are already under the spiritual energy that, that's the, the definition we just read that they've taken shelter of the spiritual energy so they're already under the spiritual energy and when we take shelter of a Mahatma we come under the spiritual energy so that's that's the process that's the process and therefore by associating with the Mahatma one becomes a Mahatma by associating with the Mahatma one learns how to surrender to Krishna um, but because the Mahatma is surrendered to Krishna surrendering to the Mahatma is tantamount to surrendering to Krishna but still one learns from the Mahatma in detail how to serve Krishna how to worship Krishna and that's this Bhajanti uh, verb Bhajanti really means um, say rendering service sometimes it's taken to mean worship but Srila Prabhupada explains it has a deeper meaning it really means to, to serve so that is the process and anyone who is surrendered to Krishna 
is Mahatma. There's another verse in Bhagavad Gita. Bahunam janmanam ante gyanavamam prapadyante vasudeva sarvam iti sa mahatma sudurlabaha. Um, that those who surrender to Krishna, knowing him to be the cause of all causes and all that be, they are mahatmas. Once a um, an Indian gentleman, quite a prominent man in Hindu society in Bombay, came to meet Srila Prabhupada and he said to Srila Prabhupada that um, India is a land of Mahatmas. There's so many saints and Mahatmas in India. But still, India has so many problems. How is that possible? And Srila Prabhupada replied, the reason you have so many problems is you can't distinguish who is a Mahatma from who is not a Mahatma. And more of, of the description of who a Mahatma is is given in the next verse, but um, we won't discuss that one right now, but I'll read it. Satitam kirteyantomam yantas chadrida vritaha mamas yantas chamam bhaktya nitya yukta upasate Always chanting my glories, endeavoring with great determination, bowing down before me, these great souls perpetually worship me with devotion. Hare Krishna. So are there any questions or comments? Yes. Very simple rule is always remember Krishna. Second rule is never forget Krishna. Yes. Hare Krishna. Two very important verses. That those who are conscious of Krishna in all that they do will cross over the obstacles of material existence. But those who who fail to act according to the direction of Krishna but instead act on the basis of false ego are lost. False ego basically means I am this body and real ego means I am the eternal servant of Krishna. The impersonalists try to destroy the sense of ego altogether. Um, But that is not correct. We want to become free from the false ego. The ego is the sense of I am. So we want to become free from the false ego and come to the real sense of who I actually am. Because like a crazy person might think 
you know, I'm Alexander the Great, I'm Napoleon Bonaparte, Mahatma Gandhi. So to realize that you're not Alexander the Great is good, but it's negative. Okay, you're not Alexander the Great, but who are you really? You should know who you actually are. So to become free from the false ego and understand you're not the body is good. But you should know who you really are. And who you really are is the eternal servant of Krishna. But the impersonalists, they have the maxim aham brahmasvi, which is true. I'm Brahma, I'm spirit. But they take it to mean that I'm the supreme spirit, I'm God. Which is not the case and it's not logical. <coughs> you know, I'm spirit and God is spirit, but it doesn't mean I'm God. It's like one <laughs> Indian man used that argument, if you want to call it an argument, Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada said, yes, you are an Indian and Indira Gandhi is an Indian, but it doesn't mean you're the prime minister because you're both Indian. So yeah, I'm Brahma and Krishna is Brahma. He's not just Brahma, he's Parabrahma. But doesn't mean I'm Krishna, doesn't mean I'm God. I'm the eternal servant of God. So if we act in that consciousness, then by the grace of Krishna we will overcome all the obstacles of material existence. The context of the Bhagavad Gita is that Arjun was meant to fight against the Kauravas who had wrongly usurped the kingdom from the Pandavas. And it was Krishna's desire that the Pandavas, who were the rightful heirs, um, occupy the throne and rule the kingdom for the benefit of the citizens. So one of the arguments that Krishna gave to Arjuna was that by nature you are a, a fighter, by nature you're a warrior. So even if you decline to fight, but by your nature you'll be forced to fight in any case. So, His Holiness Ganapati Swami raises the question that if he was bound to fight anyway because of his nature, what was the need for Krishna to speak the Bhagavad Gita at all? Did he just waste two hours speaking the Bhagavad Gita? And then Maharaj gave the answer that although Arjuna's nature was such that he was bound to fight and it was also his duty as a warrior to fight and his duty was also born out of his nature but the essence of the Bhagavad Gita is to surrender to Krishna 
and serve Krishna. So there's a big difference between fighting just because it's your nature and fighting as an act of surrender to Krishna in the mood of service to Krishna. And that is what the Bhagavad Gita teaches. That, that is what will free us from material existence. And that is acting in service to Krishna. The activity may be the same, but the purpose is different. We don't do it for ourselves or our families or our communities or our countries, but we do it for Krishna. And that makes it transcendental. Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Professor Thomas. Welcome, Professor Thomas. Thank you. Well, there are many Mahatmas here who are ready to discuss with you further. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Shiva Prabhupada Ki Shrinityananda Prabhu Ki